Well, Hope Church Sittingbourne, it is a delight to be with you and I hope that you are wrapped up warm in Costa coffee and enjoying a nice coffee and maybe a cake or a pastry. And uh, I certainly would love to be there with you, but what a joy that we can be together through the power of media. My name is Clyde and uh, I'm the pastor at Victory Church in Cumbran. We are a church with a few church plants based in South Wales. And uh, we love the gospel. We love the power of the gospel. We love its power to change lives. So it really is a delight to be invited by Gordon and the team there to sow into your series around this whole thing of, of being a witness for Christ and being a gospel-centered person in the lives that we live. Now, interestingly, most of our lives as followers of Jesus are not spent in church or in Costa Coffee in your case. Most of our lives are spent amongst our workplaces, in our schools, in our colleges, or whether you are a stay-at-home dad or mom, you know, your, your focus is often outside of the walls of church. So how do we live our life vibrantly with faith in Jesus to make a real difference in people's lives? Well, I guess that comes down to how much we trust in the gospel and its power to change the whole of our lives for his purpose. So as I speak to you today about the power of the gospel on the streets, what I don't want you to think is that, man, if I don't go to the streets, then I'm not a real Christian. Because actually, the gospel is powerful throughout the whole of our lives. But maybe God wants to use you in a workplace, in a college, in a school, or maybe he wants to use you on the streets amongst the marginalized. I'm qualified to speak to you about the marginalized because 20 years ago almost to the day, I was on a park bench, lost, without Jesus, without hope, addicted to heroin and crack cocaine, and my life was a train wreck. I remember the feeling when I was on that park bench one day when a gentleman with a business suit and a briefcase who was on his way to work as I was waking up kicked me and told me that scum of the earth don't belong around here in the streets of Bournemouth. My life was an absolute train wreck and I come to you today 19-20 years later almost as a church pastor who's been redeemed, who has set up a network of rehabilitation centers with all kinds of incredible things going on. But it started with a seed of the gospel that someone sowed into my life on that same park bench. You see, that businessman in the suit likely didn't know Christ. And he spoke words that really brought pain into my life on that day and, and really exaggerated the pain that I was already experiencing. But just a few days later, a Salvation Army officer came and sat on that same bench with me and told me about the love of God and actually took practical steps to help me, got me a flat, got me somewhere to stay. Now, as it happens, my life got worse rather than better at that point, but something had been sowed of the kingdom and I ended up going to prison a little month or two later. And it was in prison that I met with Christ and had that life-changing encounter with Jesus that we all need. And maybe you're under the sound of my voice today and you're watching in Costa and you haven't yet had that experience. Well, listen up, because I'm going to give you an opportunity to connect with Jesus in a little while. I want to open up just one verse of scripture with you today. 
and it's from the book of Proverbs, chapter 19 and verse 17. Here's what the Proverbs say. And if you ever, if you ever kind of before work or just before you go to school or college, want to read something and you don't want to read a whole chapter, check out the Proverbs. They are incredible. This is what it says. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. You know, I really believe that when we go about our busy 21st century lives and, you know, there's all kinds of pressures on all of us. So I don't want to take away anything from the busyness of our lives. But what I do want to suggest to you today is that as people of the kingdom, as people who love Jesus, as people who want to follow Jesus, we need to posture our lives with a willingness to be interrupted. You know the story of the Good Samaritan in the New Testament. There was a priest, there was a Levite, and there was, of course, the Good Samaritan. The priest came along and he was too busy. He had to get to church. He had to get to his service. So he ignored the needs of this poor man who was left in a mess at the side of the road. Then there was the Levite who, of course, crossed the road and kind of ignored the need that was there. But it was the Good Samaritan who allowed his life to be interrupted at that moment that actually met the need, bandaged up the guy, put him on his donkey, took him to you know, the equivalent of a hotel and, uh, and was there to fund the hotel manager so that this guy could get the support and the help he needed. That is what it means to look after the poor. Look after the poor is an incredible privilege. And poor, of course, come in all shapes and sizes and lifestyles. You know, so many people in the UK right now in this incredible cost of living crisis that we're in are going to find themselves squeezed in ways that they haven't yet been squeezed. But let me think for a moment about those that maybe in our lives we, we walk past, our blinkers are on, we're on a mission, we've got to get home for the kids, we've got to get to the school gate, we've got to get to the next meeting that we're going to. And it's very easy, isn't it, to ignore what is around us. I believe one of the key skills that we need to learn as followers of Jesus is the skill of seeing what God wants us to see and hearing what God wants us to hear. And I would encourage you just to pray daily that the Lord would open your eyes and open your ears to hear and see what he wants you to see. I thank God for that Salvation Army officer on that day that didn't do what the man with the briefcase did. He was willing to be interrupted. Now, some may say, well, he's a Salvation Army officer, that's his job. But actually, it's not just the job of the officer or the minister. This is every one of our jobs as followers of Jesus to allow our lives to be interrupted for the cause of Christ. What if you were to leave Costa Coffee today, walk out of the door and see someone that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily speak to and buy them a coffee and sit with them as they're on the streets, maybe they're homeless, maybe they're in a mess, and you sit to them and tell them about Jesus. Now, yes, they may take advantage. Yes, they may just want your money. But you know, there's something powerful about the gospel seed. When you sow the seed of the gospel, which is save your soul, into someone else, it can have a profound and incredible effect. 
It was the Billy Graham Association. Billy Graham is one of the most famous evangelists that's ever lived, who did a study and they found that someone who came to Christ on average needed seven or eight exposures to the gospel before they came to that point of decision where they fully surrendered their life to Jesus. Whoever looks after the poor, is kind to the poor, lends to the Lord. Could it be that in the busyness of our 21st century lives, where everything is so chaotic and busy, we are actually programming ourselves against the rhythm of the kingdom, against what God wants for our lives? Now I want to assure you that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. God does not discriminate. God is not looking down at the person with the briefcase and the business suit and thinking I'll have them. But you know, the one with the sleeping bag who's got an overgrown beard because he's in a mess and he can't have a shave because he's got nowhere to live. You know, I, I don't really want them on my team. No, God wants every single human being and he wants to use every one of you and me to reach people that no one else is reaching. You know, going after the poor and the marginalized, it can be difficult, it can be challenging, it can weigh heavy on us. We can lose people, we can find people end up dead before we can get maybe the success that we wanted. But you know, there's a real privilege that when we are kind to the poor, we lend to the Lord. Think about that phrase as we bring this to a conclusion and you begin to discuss this in your groups. Lend to the Lord. When we allow our lives to be interrupted for the sake of his kingdom, we are lending our time, our resource, our energy to the Lord. And guess what? The Lord repays us time and time again, over and over again. Now, of course, in eternity, there's an inheritance being stored up where moth and rust does not corrupt, the Bible says. You know, this world's earthly pleasures, our careers, our pension pots, it can all fade away in a moment. We've seen that time and time again in the history of the world. But there is one type of treasure that can never be taken from you, and that is the eternal treasure of souls won for Jesus. The Bible says that he that wins souls is wise. So I want to encourage you today to get out there, and as you're going about your daily life, never be afraid to allow your life to be interrupted for God's purposes. I know that as we bring this to a close, there may be a couple of people watching who don't know Jesus yourself. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and I would love to engage you in prayer with me to accept Christ into your life. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away, Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross, and he did that for you. And the greatest message you can have is not actually come to church or come to Costa Coffee, although Costa Coffee is wonderful. It's actually the message of the gospel. The profound message of the gospel that takes someone like me who's on a park bench and makes me into the person I am today, gives me a hope and a future. And the same God gives you a hope and a future. And Jesus didn't stay dead when he was died on the cross, when he was crucified. He actually rose from the dead. The glory of the Father rose him because this was a man who lived a perfect life. And when he died in your place, it was what we call a substitute. He took the place that we should have had so that we could take a place that we never would have had without him. Jesus rose from the dead and he rose from the dead to prove to all mankind that death had been defeated, sin was dealt with, and we can now live our lives as forgiven people. And actually, we have a new name. Rather than sinner, we're now saint. And actually, that is an amazing truth, isn't it? 
Now what I've just done there is I've demonstrated how you can weave your story with the gospel story and in just one or two minutes share the hope of the gospel that every person out there on the streets needs. You can do the same. So in your groups right now, just just after we pray, I'm going to give you a couple of questions to discuss. But let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for the precious people that are watching this video right now. I want to thank you for their attentiveness and I want to thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in Sittingbourne through Hope Church. I want to thank you for the faithfulness of the leaders who have set everything up and gathered and just long to be together and create some life and hope for that community. And Lord, for everyone who is watching this morning, I want to ask right now that the conviction of your Holy Spirit and the inspiration of your Spirit will touch their lives and cause them to come to that point of decision where they know that this is life and death. This is not a game to be played. This is a calling and a life to embrace. So Father, in Jesus' name, for everyone watching, would you bless them? Would you keep them? Would you strengthen them? And would you give them everything they need to sow the gospel into other people's lives? Here's a couple of things that you can chat about on your table. Number one, you saw how in that short message that I've given you, I interweaved my story, just parts of my story. Maybe share on your tables about how God has used you in the past with your story. Now, some of you are going to be thinking, well, I don't have a dramatic story like that. But let me assure you, you do have a story. Maybe God kept you from what I went through. God saved me from what I went through. The kept story is just as powerful as the saved from story because both needed to be saved. And actually, every one of us has a story. So maybe share some inspiring stories of how God has uh, shaped your life through story. But then maybe think about a challenge for the next seven days about how you can just have your antennas up to allow your life to be interrupted in the days ahead. God bless you. It's been a privilege to be with you. I hope you found it helpful. And love to Gordon and all the team there and every one of you. God bless.